0: Good morning. Thank you, Paul, for leading us. And uh, as Paul has said, this is a month when we have been going back to renew our vision and ask ourselves, what kind of church are we becoming? And that's the outworking of this phrase, seeking to be a church without walls. And I think it's been very good and important for for those of us who have been here for a long time, because We have been making important decisions as a church about moving out of this site, which has been our home for 81 years, and uh, we obviously want to make sure that this upheaval is for the glory of God and for the good of this community and God's witness in this area. And if you're new, we're really glad, like Andy and Naomi and Katie and lots of other people who are coming into membership or finding their place here to welcome you to be part of what God is doing and to say that you are indeed needed as Christ builds his church. And before going any further, can I say that on the back of this month, we're going to have a special Sunday opportunity for people who have been relatively new here in the last year or two to stay behind on Sunday the 11th of October for a lunch and a little bit of a meet with the leaders and find out a bit more about how this church works. So if that applies to you, can I ask you please to tell us if you're free to stay on Sunday the 11th. It'll be from 12.30 to 2.30. There'll be some light lunch offered. As well as a chance to meet other newcomers and, as I say, hear a bit more about how church works, so would you tell either Nigel Young or myself both of us will be running around with our clipboards and our lists? All we need is a name and the number of people who are coming. Please do let us know if possible today. <coughs> the values of this church are, of course, on the screen in front of you and they guide us towards being a place of belonging where you will find family wherever you come from, whatever your background. And you will be encouraged to be part of a multiplying, growing church, especially through conversions, as we see people added to this body who come to know Jesus Christ as their savior and an opportunity to serve and the serving isn't just this organization or this uh, activity. The administration is all important. There's lots of people involved in keeping the wheels turning, but it's about serving the purposes of God, and as we think about who we are serving and what we're doing, it adds such dignity and privilege as we've been hearing about over the last couple of Sundays. And going, and that's Hopefully you've picked up already today's theme. So as we ask what kind of church we are becoming, the answer is that it's one that should be going, a church that's on the move. And this morning I'd like to look at a couple of passages of Scripture and to think for a few minutes about what this means And Luke chapter 9 and 10 give two instances where the disciples, the followers of Jesus, are sent out by Jesus to all of the places where he was going or had already been. And he sent out these followers to do two things and they're very clear in Luke chapter 9 verse 2 as the 12 are sent out and then they're repeated again in the passage that we're going to read in a minute in Luke chapter 10 verse 9, as the 72 are sent out to these towns and villages. So let me ask you a question before we stand together and read God's Word. What is going about? What do you think this going means for you and I here in this church building this morning? And does it relate to us as followers of Jesus today? Well, please turn with me to Uh, Luke chapter 10, it's on page 1041 in the church Bibles, and we'll stand to read, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 11, and then a little bit at the end of the chapter. (coughs) Unlike Paul, I didn't come equipped with my other uh, lenses, so I'm going to have to squint a little bit here, but if you stand and follow in the text that you have in front of you, uh, we'll hear God's word together. (coughs) After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter her house, first say peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, Eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near And just turn over the page because here as uh, the story unfolds, these 72 come back to Jesus. There's no report about how they get on. Verses 17 right down to 24 tell us that they returned with great joy. And Jesus shows them what's then really important. And he is full of joy. The ordinary people who trust him get to see and join in with what God is doing on the earth I'm going to pick up the reading at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself you've answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But when a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. I'm going to ask God to help us to understand and apply his word. Lord, as ordinary followers of yours, help us to see what's really important and help us to share your joy. Amen. What is it that could stop us from going? Because that's the question that I suppose relates to us as a church that's going. The term missionary probably conjures up all sorts of ideas, and uh, let's be honest, they're not all positive. Uh, You might be thinking, it really is great to be part of a church with so many people who are prepared to up sticks and move, like Margot and Eduardo, somewhere else and uh, tell people about the gospel, but it's really not my thing. And if that's where you're at, then can I say to you, you're not abnormal. This church is one that prioritises missions. But for many of us, it's not the thrill of what Jesus said to those 72 of being sent out like sheep among wolves that first attracted us to Jesus. Jesus. And if your recollection of some missionaries is so otherworldly that their dress puts you off, can I add, it's okay to wear great-looking clothes. When I worked with Operation Mobilization in India, we had an organization within it called Charlie, which was a kind of a way of recycling clothes, and I came across photographs recently of uh, some of the fashion that I sported at the time and I have to say I'm not going to put the photograph up because it would only distract us for the rest of the morning What we would say is wherever you're at on this would you be open to developing a passion for mission even if it's not there yet So what were the two things Jesus commanded the 12 and the 72 to do? Can you tell me a bit of uh, feedback? said right at the beginning when he sent out the 12, verse 2, and then chapter 10, verse 9, he was telling them to do two things. What were they? Heal Heal the sick. Yep. And proclaim the kingdom. Exactly. That's what it means to be sent out by Jesus in both of these passages. These two commands about going are heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom. We could think about how the instructions of Luke chapter 10 were later modified by Jesus, but the message is very clear. It's about what Jesus is doing in demonstrating and teaching God's good news. It's about talking the Jesus talk and doing the Jesus work. For every one of us, there's the danger, I think, of discussing mission, what it is and what it's not, and writing ourselves out of the doing things that God has planned for us to do, and the telling people who Jesus is and what his kingdom is about. So rather than focusing on 72 and all the instructions and directions that Jesus has given, I'd like to listen to what happens on the back of this great celebration as the 72 return and talk about all the things that they've seen and experienced. Verse 25, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. He was obviously good with words and giving the right answers to questions. And Jesus wasn't content just to allow this man to speak about a life that was marked by God's work of rescuing sinners. He's interested in getting caught up and involved in the work that God is doing. And he doesn't want people just discussing what this is about and understanding the principles clearly and being able to repeat them. He wants people to get up and do what he is doing. And I have to tell you, that's my story. So often, I'll talk about important principles and yet find that Jesus is dragging me into the places where he wants me to be a witness or to be a good neighbour or to be an agent of his kingdom. I read this quote this morning by Vincent de Paul. He said, We must love God but let it be in the work of our bodies, in the sweat of our brows. For very often many acts of love for God, of kindness, of goodwill, and other similar inclinations and interior practices of a tender heart, although good and very desirable, are yet suspect when they do not lead to the practice of effective love and this lawyer asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Not because he wanted to know the answer, but because the question was a handy way of avoiding the business of getting involved. So Jesus responded with this parable of the Good Samaritan. A timeless story that paints a radical picture of mercy. Mercy. Hospitality, costly love. His story was not just to win the debate with the lawyer or even draw some sort of an emotional response from him. His story was about getting him out of his ivory tower with the words of verse 37, You go and do likewise. And that's what Jesus does. He's not just interested in seeing us marked for heaven by God's mission in our lives. He wants us to be caught up with the work all around us. And there's something that bothers us with these words, something that gets to us as we see them and hear them. They don't leave us alone. They're like a daring invitation that urges us to move forward out of the safe realm of words and beliefs and smack bang right into the nitty gritty of life, of real life, of mess. So what could stop us from going? It seems from this chapter the struggle is not whether I'm qualified or have all the right answers but whether I'm content to play with words rather than get involved. Jesus rejoiced at the people that he saw around him, the 72, who he described as little children, people who were simple and straightforward. But to this man, he said, go and do likewise, like those others That's the command to any who seek, to belong to a church without walls. It opens us up, it opens the doors of this church up. It dismantles the walls of this church up to the cold, brisk gospel air. This way in which God is at work in the world, that sometimes rattles our cages and wakes us up to say Jesus isn't just my blessed saviour he's also my insistent Lord who's saying go and do likewise so Windsor Baptist Church we may think our appointments and meetings are too important to stop and get involved in the needs of broken world but Jesus will not let us stay there We are to be a missional community. So what does that mean? What does it mean for us to be going as a mission? Here's how this has been expressed in perhaps one of the largest gatherings of church and mission leaders in recent history. This is a a statement that... I think is like a modern day, one of those uh, early church councils that sets out some of the priorities and challenges for the church around the world today. It's called the Lausanne Covenant. And I'm going to give you a little taster of it. It's meaty, heavy, difficult to digest stuff. So we're not going to spend very long on it. But I would recommend that you have a look at this kind of material and help us think about what going into this world looks like today. Lots of words, but let's just take a moment to read some of these. We affirm that Christ sends his redeemed people into the world as the Father sent him. And that calls for a similar deep and costly penetration of the world. We need to break out of our ecclesiastical ghettos and permeate non-Christian society. In the church's mission of sacrificial service, evangelism is primary. World evangelism, evangelization requires the whole church to take the whole gospel to the whole world. And it goes on to say this, church is at the very center of God's cosmic purpose and his appointed means of spreading the gospel. But a church that preaches the cross must itself be marked by the cross. It becomes a stumbling block to evangelism when it betrays the gospel, or lacks a living faith in God, a genuine love for people, a scrupulous honesty in all things, including promotion and finance. The church is the community of God rather than an institution and must not be identified with any particular culture, social or political system, or human ideology. For the final few minutes, I'm gonna think about what this mission is from that phrase. And if you only take one line away, think about this one. What does it look like for the whole church to take the whole gospel to the whole world? There was a great sense of excitement end of August, September as we had our summer feedback and heard from probably 72, pretty close to it, uh, hearing about what God was doing Uh, As teams worked together and had a powerful experience of that sense of cooperation. As they partnered with local believers in different countries and uh, demonstrated a united witness. That left a deep impression. It was great. However, you might be forgiven if you attended those for thinking that mission teams were mainly for the young. It wasn't exactly the whole church on mission. On the other hand, last Thursday night, up in number 14, we had the second major catering event for newly arrived students in Belfast. And uh, the team there included Olya, who's near the back somewhere from Ukraine, and Carolyn Hunter from Palomina? Direction? Works in a and and Carolyn Young from Belfast, with a bit of Nigeria in her blood, or at least her heart. And there was Li Ping from Beaver, who's really from China. And the team included uh, lots of students, and uh, Jim and Margaret from Belfast, and Adrian and Sandra from Carrick, but also a bit of Nepal in their system. And uh, Hayek, who was here, has been here for the last month from, Romania, from Armenia, but works with the Red Cross here in Belfast and speaks Russian, plus lots of others in the background providing desserts and uh, booking the room and making sure it was uh, all set up for us. It was a great evening. And now, thinking on the back of what's been happening here locally just in the last number of weeks, with people coming from all around the world to Belfast, the greater need now is for more mature adults to link up with those students who have requested hospitality, where you can be a missionary in your own home. And people from countries close to traditional missions come asking if they can be part of your family and learn how you live. And we have here an amazing family. Of people from so many nations and if we all go and do likewise there's huge potential for permeating our society with a radical and costly message of God's love as the whole church brings the whole gospel to the whole world and there's parent and toddler here with amazing international connections come explore life with an approach that's geared for high school Friends, discovering Jesus through Asian eyes. Storehouse with its huge capacity to touch hundreds of families who need help to put food on the table. Grief Encounters with its gentle invitation to those who need help on a journey through loss. The Autism Club, enabling six families to go up the street and have a meal together. The list could go on and on. So I think we're part of a church that's going. And it's not just us. It's partnerships where in each of these areas we're trying to say, let's not just do something on our own, but join with the church around the world where we can cooperate and learn from and receive help in how we be the whole church, bringing the whole gospel to the whole world. But, of course, the whole church is not just the church as we meet like this on Sundays. It's often said that once we go out of these doors, we're going from being church gathered to church scattered. To be Christ's witnesses to people on the front line that may be the only place a colleague or a neighbour or a bus driver or a childminder will meet a Christian It's fascinating to look at the selfies at the back of this church and think about how we scatter and how the nitty-gritty of real life will be impacted by followers of Jesus masquerading as bike mechanics and job hunters and teachers who stay at home, mums and social workers and railway buffs and all sorts of people sent out from this place to permeate society in all of those areas and be Christ's witnesses and proclaim the kingdom and do the work that Jesus wants us to do. What does Jesus want you to do during this coming week? As the whole church goes in mission, it might be surprising. It might be as we go this week, God will lead us into surprising places. One story from last week, David and I received an email, which we often do, from australia this past week came through the website asking if we had a visiting ministry seemed a bit random one that we should check out but as it happened after a few phone calls there's a church in western australia with a burden for people who are depressed and suffering addictions and they are praying for someone they know through a family connection in margaret river in western australia who uh, who lives in North Down, who's depressed and oppressed with alcohol addiction. And they want to partner with Christians here who will show this person some love and support. And we were contacted to ask, would we be that connection? So we contacted this family on Wednesday and the previous evening, the family unit had finally split apart because of the devastating effects of addiction on the lives of two young children in that home. How can we possibly help? I have no idea. Will we be used to turn that situation around? I really don't know. But Jesus said, you are the light of the world. People don't light a lamp and hide it They put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. So he says to us, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And I don't need to say to you that we live in a world that is desperately needy. And we are moving forward on our knees seeking to bear Jesus' words and demonstrate his works to bring hope into hopeless situations. The whole gospel, according to Luke 10, includes caring for the weak and dealing with people like an a and department in a broken world. So where in the world will God's mission take you this week? It might be with Exodus to Lisburn or preparing for a summer team. It might be to Alaska as an aircraft engineer again or a classroom as a teacher. It could be as the next edition of Missionary Prayer Digest comes out. It's just about linking with those situations with our missionary family praying about what's happening in Japan or South Africa or Morocco or Nigeria or Tanzania or Peru, or Amsterdam, or Spain. Thinking about Bible translation, about training pastors, about mobilizing support, about developing Christian resources for people with sight loss. We're praying for Rachel as she prepares for a mission trip somewhere in the 1040 window. This is an incredible world with so many opportunities. I did hear a joke about the 1040 window. It's not really worth telling, but I'll tell you anyway. What's the 1040 window about? Apparently some short-termer... I can't even remember the joke. No. I'll, I'll come back next week with it. But the question is, will we be part of this going? And that's us. We're at the end. The next step might be to say yes to Jesus, to let you see his passion for the lost and to go and do likewise. But we're going to close with a song which invites us to make that commitment ours. So please stand with me. And if you're prepared for this, sing, I will offer up my life in spirit and truth, pouring out the oil of love as my worship to you. There's a debt of love that fuels our going. So let's worship and prepare to enter God's mission as he calls us to go.